Welcome to the Brown Report Stock Market Report, where it's all about power charts, power trades, power profits. And now your host, stock market trader and coach, Jason Brown. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. In this episode, I want to answer a question that I get asked all the time, and that's how much money do I need to start with, you know, investing in the stock market? And this is a question I get answered often. So I wanted to tackle this in the podcast and give you some things you should consider when picking that number, because that number is going to be different for me. It's going to be different for you. And so I want to give you some guidance and, and some ways to kind of come up with that figure. So let's dive into it. The number one thing that you should be you know, looking at to help you determine how much money you need to get started is your goals. So you should allow your goals to dictate how much you need to get started investing in the stock market or anything for that matter. For most of you who know my story, when I first got started trading in the stock market, I was about 18 years old and I started with 500 and my goal was only to make 50 bucks so that I didn't have to work on Saturdays at my job. So for me, I needed to figure out a way to make 10%, but all I had was 500. So um, I knew that I needed to make 50 bucks. So it just happened to equate to 10%. And I didn't know how difficult or how easy um, it would be or if it was even possible I just know that that's what needed to happen with the little money that I had. So you should write down specifically how much you need to make and why, you know, why do you need to make a hundred bucks, a thousand dollars a month, a week, whatever the case may be. For me, I knew rock solid. I didn't want to work Saturdays anymore. Now my goals obviously grew from that into, you know, some much larger things. But at that time, that was my goal. So I needed to make that happen. But, you know, why do you need the money? What are you going to do with it? What do you want to buy with it? What's it going to do for you? You need to get crystal clear about your goals and that'll help determine, you know, how much you need to get started. Now, the second thing that should determine how much you need to get started is what investment vehicle or strategy are you going to use to get to your goals, right? So if you're picking the stock market, it could be real estate too. So that's a different vehicle. It could be some type of home-based business, but we're talking specifically about the stock market. So what strategy are you going to use in the stock market to help you achieve that 10%, 5%, whatever the percentage is for you? You know, for me, when I picked the stock market, it wasn't always a stock market. I was involved in network marketing companies. I tried to fix and sell pagers on the side. I tried a few different things to determine to help me, you know, figure out what could get me there. Anything to make 50 bucks, but then, you know, ultimately end up planting my flag in the stock market. So once you determine the investment vehicle, you need to do some research on what's a realistic rate of return, you know, in a month, in a week, in three months, whatever the time frame is for you. You know, for me, 10% was realistic because all I had to do was buy a hundred shares of a $5 stock and have it move 50 cents. 
and I had seen stocks under $5 move 50 cent in a day before, um, so let alone a week. So I just had to figure out how I could capture my 50 cents, how I can make it work for me. If you chose an investment vehicle like real estate, then the numbers are going to be different. You might need 50000 to try to make 5000 And if that's your goal, you know, the difference may be that you don't necessarily make that 5000 in a week. Um, there's no day trading in houses. So you have to have your, your goal in alignment with whatever vehicle you pick in the real estate game. It might take several months for you to find a house, fix a house, try to flip it or do whatever you do in that industry. So a realistic time frame for, you know, that vehicle and a realistic strategy, um, may be very different from trading stocks. So um, that really, you know, I gave you a hint at, at the third point and that's having a realistic time frame. So depending on your investment, first of all, depending on your goals, that's number one. Number two, picking your investment vehicle and the strategy that you're going to use in that vehicle. So I know I talked about real estate, but maybe you're going to be renting out properties. Maybe that's the strategy. Um, again, the stock market, maybe you're day trading, maybe you're weekly trading, maybe you're trading options, uh, maybe you're shorting the market. What is your strategy there? And then number three is having a realistic time frame. So depending on the investment vehicle you choose, it's going to take keyword coming up here time, right? It's going to take some time. So if you're in the business of buying and selling stocks, you can do it by day trading, monthly, weekly, yearly. The point is you should have a realistic time frame to go with the investment vehicle you choose and also go with the strategy in that investment vehicle that you use. Because you could pick stock trading, but day trading that strategy is going to be daily. So you're going to be looking to maybe make 50 bucks a day, right? And hopefully at the end of the week, you got five trading days, you end up with 250. So now you're thinking, all right, how do I make 50 bucks a day twice? Can I make 50 bucks in the morning? And can I make 50 bucks, you know, on the second half of the trading day after, you know, one o'clock? So you might have to back into it uh, like that. The point is, you should have a realistic time frame to go with the investment vehicle that you choose. So let's talk about the next factor you should consider, and that's the knowledge you have and the knowledge that's available to you. So for someone like me, it may be realistic to do 10% in the market a month with laser focus. But for you listen to this podcast, if you just took my foundations course, which is our beginners course, or, you know, you're just learning and you're just watching some free videos, you got to crawl before you walk. So what I see in this industry is so many times when we start off into a new business venture or embark on a new journey to change our lives, you know, whether it be stock market, losing weight, whatever the case may be. We oftentimes forget to even factor in time for the learning curve. I mean, think about it like this. If I asked you about getting a job as a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer, and I asked you, what do you want to be in that industry? You would say, 
you know, or, or not what, but why do you want to be in that industry? Like, why do you want to be a doctor? Why do you want to be a lawyer? Why do you want to be an engineer? You know, you would probably say, you know, I want to be a doctor because I love helping people. Um, I love working on cars, so I wanted to be an engineer. Or, you know, I always like to debate and prove my point, so I wanted to, to be a lawyer. But at the end of it all, you'd probably say, oh, and I hear that they make a lot of money. I want to go into that field so I can make some money. Well, great. Well, then if I asked you, what would you have to do to become a lawyer? What would you have to do to become a doctor, become an engineer? Without hesitation, you would probably say, well, I got to go to school for four years, get my undergrad degree. Then, you know, depending on which one you picked, I have to go to school for another four years of law school or I have to go to 10 years of med school. Then I have to do two years of residency as a nurse or whatever the case may be. You get where I'm going with this. But how come when it comes to investing in the stock market, you don't come in with a commitment of four to 10 years? How come you don't commit in this industry the same way? You know, most people give this thing two months, three months. If they're not rich, if they're not making a ton of money, then, oh, well, I I guess this thing doesn't work. But you've got to be smarter than that. I mean, think about school. Let me ask you, how much does... Uh, college costs for the average student anywhere between 30,000, you know, to go to a community college or a hundred thousand plus to go to a great university. But, you know, do you know anyone who's failed a class before? Um, you know, school didn't say, let me give you your money back because this didn't work. I'm willing to bet if you have your degree right now hanging on your wall. Um, you didn't say this didn't work, even though you lost money on that class that you just dropped or didn't pass. You registered for another class and you realized you needed to study harder, not hang out as much, go to bed a little um, later with your books and wake up a little earlier with your head in those books. And you knew eventually you would pass the class and, and move on. And you would graduate someday, but you came in with a long term commitment is my point here, guys. You came in with a four to 10 year game plan. And even if you hit a speed bump and had to take a class over again, you didn't just throw your hands up and say that this doesn't work. And that's how the stock market is or any new venture. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll earn your degree someday. But, but let me tell you this college in college, they're not just giving out MBAs. You have to earn it. And it's the same in the stock market. You want an MBA from the stock market, which in this industry stands for major bank account. Um, <laughs> then you have to earn it. So. The point is here, you have to factor in the time to learn the game, learn the industry before you even count the time it will take to get the profits. So, you know, going to school to become a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, you think, oh, once I get there, I'm going to make, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 plus thousand. But before you get there, you have to factor in four years of undergrad of eating ramen noodles. You have to factor in another, you know, four years after that of going to law school, 10 years of going through uh, residency. So you factored in all that uh, time. So same thing with the stock market. If you want to make a million dollars in five years 
you know, if you saw my how to make a million in five years example, um, you know, some people think, oh, that's not realistic or wow, I could really make that type of money. Yes, you can. But you also have to factor in it may take you two years to even fully understand how this whole thing works. So therefore, two years of just learning the industry plus five years of actually uh, practicing and applying what you learn. It could take you a good seven years to become a quote unquote millionaire, um, you know, and, and just like college. You might drop some classes. You might fail a couple classes in the stock market. That means a couple trades didn't work out for you. Uh, you may lose some money on this one, make some money on this one, break even on that one. So uh, the point is, you know, you have to have uh, a long term perspective and you also need to factor in some time for learning as well as the time it actually takes of working in that actual craft. You know, someone may say, well, that sounds like hard work, you know, and to be honest, it is, um, you know, like I said, they're not handing out MBAs, which is massive bank accounts in this industry. They're not just saying, oh, open a brokerage account, go place a trade or two, and you're going to be rich. This takes hard work like anything else. Um, but, you know, to me, retiring broke or depending on the federal government, that sounds like hard work or working 40 years for someone else and have them dictate my lifestyle and, and where I can live and where I can send my kids to school. Um, that sounds like hard work to me. So, again, you know, number three, you have to create a realistic time frame and inside of creating that realistic time frame, you got to factor in the time it actually takes to learn the craft then the time it takes to actually practice the craft, right? So those are two different time frames that I don't think people really consider. They just think, oh, you know, I took a course or I'm, I'm trading a stock market. I should be making money by now, but you're just paying your dues. This is, you know, you're, this is on the job training the first year or two sometimes, depending on how quick you learn, how quick you paper trade how many paper trades are you playing are you tracking them are you getting feedback are you finding out what you're doing wrong um that could be six months for some person one year for another person two to five years for someone else before they actually start mastering the field to where they can start working towards that five-year game plan of making uh, a million or whatever that case may be so now the fourth and final uh point here is you should consider how much you're willing to risk. And this is a really important one because, you know, it's not enough to just determine you need $10,000 to get started. But does that mean you should take it from your retirement funds or your kids college tuition or money you and your spouse put away to buy a new house together? And the answer is no, um, unless that's something you guys discussed as a family and said, hey, Let's take this 10,000. We're going to go after something different and we're going to accept that if this doesn't work out, it's going to set us back for uh, a year or two. You know, to be honest, you really have to consider Newton's law. And, you know, Newton's law is anything that can go wrong will. So what do I mean by that? You have to consider that in the time frame that you picked, um, it's going to take longer than you initially expected. And you have to plan for making less than a perfect percentage return on what you thought you would make every time. So when I show an example and I say, hey, 
you can make 10% every month. That's if you master this, if you're laser focused, but you might have to factor in the fact that, well, he said 10%, but what if I only make 5%? What if I only make 2%? Some months I make 30%, but next month I lose 5% or 10%. So you have to factor in and it's not going to be perfect. I don't, I don't ever want you guys to mistake that, you know, this thing is just, you know, sign up, you do it. Um, and it's the same return every single month. As you get better, um, you get better at managing risk and finding trades that give you a more consistent return. But, the, you know, the, the whole goal is, you know, keep in mind Newton's law or the whole point is keep in mind Newton's law. And that's that anything that can go wrong will. So think of it like baseball. No one steps up to the plate and hits a home run every time. You have to be prepared for some curveballs, some foul balls, some, some strikeouts, and even possibly losing it all. You know, so here, these are all things you should factor in when determining how much you're willing to risk in the stock market or any investment for that matter. So. Here's some key questions that you can ask yourself. And, you know, if you're listening to this in your car or something like that, these will be on uh, the website in the show notes as well. But here's some key questions to ask yourself. Am I putting my family's safety and security at risk? That's huge, right? Am I, am I, am I, am I risking the kids college fund? Am I risking, you know, our rent money last next month for this? You know, which, which goes into number two, you know, will I still be able to afford a roof over my head if this goes completely wrong? These are, this is definitely an important question to ask yourself. If this goes completely wrong and you, you know, you're out in the cold next month, that's not money you should be risking. Number three, will I still be able to put food on the table for my family or myself? Now, this one's kind of tricky because if you're eating steak and lobster every night and you're saying, hey, family, we might have to cut back and eat some baked beans and some rice so that I can, as the leader of the household, as the man or the woman of the household, um, so I can get involved in this industry and, and put some money at risk to see if we can get in a better place. That's one thing. If we're trading in steak and lobster for some rice and beans because we agreed as a family or you agreed as an individual, you're going to take a short term sacrifice so that you can start putting away $50, a hundred bucks on groceries so that you can get up to 500,000 to get started. But if you're already on rice and beans, right? And you're taking next week's grocery money and you're getting involved with the stock market. Not not a smart move, right? So make sure you can still put food on the table for yourself or for your family. Number four, will the stress of this investment affect my relationship with God, with my family, with my coworkers? I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about when you get involved in a new venture. You know, if you're a person that flies off the handle, you have a short temper, you don't deal with ups and downs or uh, the fluctuation of the stock market, you might need to ask yourself, will the stress of this investment affect my relationship? I mean, the last thing you want to be doing is cursing your God, whatever God you believe in, if you believe in a God. Next, last thing you want to do is coming home, kicking the dog. Uh, you're mad at the kids. 
Um, you, you know, you're mad at your wife or wife, you're mad at your husband. You don't want to cook. You don't even want to, you know, because the market was down today. Um, you're going to work with an attitude and you know, getting fired because you're upset at the world because, you know, this one trade you did didn't work out right. If you're that type of person, you, you might need to work on some personal growth uh, first. Or if the amount that you're putting at risk is what's making you act like that, reduce the amount you're putting at risk. That's going to tell you how much you're willing to risk. Just because you have 50000 to risk doesn't mean you should risk it, especially if you can't handle uh, what would happen if you lost it all? I would hate to read about, you know, you on the news or something. Guy loses it all and does something crazy, you know? Uh, so, so number five is, you know, that, that leads me to number five. Will I have to do something unethical to come up with the money or replace the money if it's lost? You know, if you lost the house money and now you don't want to tell your wife or wife, you lost the house money and now you don't want to tell your husband, we don't want to read about you robbing a bank or doing something uh, crazy or unethical to replace the money or if you lose the money. So those are really five key questions to ask yourself when you're trying to figure out how much should I risk? I think these are Things that people don't really think about or uh, investors, other investors don't really share with you or maybe you don't have anybody to talk about investing with and your friends say, hey, it's like gambling, just go, you know, just go for it, put it all on black. It's like, nah, I need to determine, am I putting my family's security at risk, safety and security? Will I be able to afford a roof over my head if this goes completely wrong? Will I be able to put food on the table for my family or myself if this goes completely wrong? Will the stress of this investment affect my relationship with my God, my family, my coworkers? And then again, you know, will I have to do something unethical tomorrow or this week to come up with the money to risk? Or if I lose this money to replace it, will I have to do something unethical? You know, that's what you should be asking yourself. So. If you sit down, analyze and critique the, the, the four elements to how much you should get uh, used to get started in the stock market. Again, that's number one, writing your goals down. Number two, determining your investment vehicle and the investment strategy. Number three, determining what's a realistic time frame for that vehicle, that investment vehicle and for that investment strategy. And then number four, you know, how much are you willing to risk based on the five key questions that I told you you should ask yourself and be totally honest with yourself. You know, then you'll have a number in your head or on paper that you need to get started investing with if you're totally honest with yourself and answering those questions and going through this exercise. And that number is going to be different for me than it is for you, than it is for the next person who listens to this episode. But the most important thing you can take away from this episode is have a number. Come up with your number using that exercise. At least you know whether you have the money or not after you finish this exercise. You can then start to uh, plan on how to get that number, whether it's a second job, whether it's doing something different with um, your, your your tax return, but have a number and have a vehicle in a time frame. Because as my mentor once told me, 
how can you hit a target that you can't see? You can't, right? If you're just flying blind, you don't know what your number is. You don't know why you're working hard. You don't know why you're cutting back on going out to eat. You know, you're just flying blind. So how can you hit a target that you can't see? So go through this exercise, come up with your number, come up with your investment vehicle, come up with your strategy, come up with your realistic time frame and come up with the amount of risk that you're willing to uh, deal with to get to the next level. So um, I hope this episode inspired you and motivated you to take the next action steps. And if so, I'd love to hear from you. You know, if you could leave a comment in iTunes, um, if you're listening to this on an Apple device, if you're on Android, on Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this at, leave a comment. If you're reading this on the blog, um, you know, at the brownreport.com, if you're on our website and you're reading this or listen to this on the website, leave a comment below if this helped you. I'd love to hear from you guys. So thanks for spending some time with me. I appreciate you because you could have been doing uh, anything else and you chose to spend some time with me and I don't take that for granted. So until next time and when that next time is, I'm looking forward to seeing all your comments of you know, how you sat down and did this with yourself, with your spouse, with your family members, and you guys came up with your number and you feel good about it. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Have a great day. Let's spread the knowledge and let's spread the wealth. Thanks for listening to the Brown Report Stock Market Report. We hope this episode has been educational and inspirational. For more power stock trading tips, tutorials, and training, visit www.thebrownreport.com.